Hey everyone, welcome to Sly's Golf Talk. So today we will talk about the BMW Championship, which I have to say was a great tournament. It was held here in my state of Maryland. I was proud that it was here. Um, I didn't get a chance to go there physically and watch it because I was out playing golf myself. But I did watch it on television and I have to say, um, we haven't had golf in the state of Maryland, um, professional golf in the state of Maryland in almost 50 something years. I think we did a good job. I think the fans did a great job. The players did a great job. And I'm hoping that it become a regular event on the PGA Tour. But after the battle we saw yesterday between Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Cantley, um, how can you not come back to the state of Maryland and have a repeat of this next year? Um, so in this episode, we're gonna discuss um, the tournament uh, the BMW Championship, and we're also going to discuss again that battle between Bryson and Patrick. So, first, we'll start off with the cave. Um, the cave is a course that we have here in Owings Mills, Maryland. Um, it's a private course. I know that a lot of the Ravens players play there. Uh, there's a lot of the, the high rollers, I guess you would say, in the state of Maryland that plays there. Um, it's a top notch course. Again, I hope it comes back next year. Um, I can't see why I wouldn't, but after the event that occurred between those two guys, I, like I say, I can't see why they would not want to come back to the cave. The tournament yesterday, we had two different dichotomies there. We had power against finesse, and it was it was pretty close um, until the end. But uh, finesse overcame power because you have to be able to putt at the end of even if you have a long drive gotta be able to finish so as we say as all of us golfers say it's not how you start the hole it's how you finish the hole and in that playoff yesterday there was a lot of holes that DeChambeau didn't finish he just kept leaving the door open for Cantley to walk through and of course that's what Patrick Cantley did he walked through those doors every time DeChambeau left them open so what's your opinion on those two different styles of play like, what do you feel is the best approach? You have to be able to have an all-around game. You can't win a golf tournament with just power. I mean, it's, it's doable, but it's not a given that because you have this power that you're going to come out on top always. It's just not a given. And again, that proved, uh, proved wrong yesterday for DeChambeau uh, because he had plenty of opportunities he had a lot of short putts, and he couldn't make those putts. And that's why I was telling you guys in the past that you have to work on your short game. You have to work on your putting. You have to, I mean, putting is an art. I stated that in the last episode, and I still feel that way, that you have to know how to read your lines. I don't see enough people, I mean, I know we all in a rush to, get throughout 18 holes and get back to the house but you have to read your putts and it's just it's just how you manage that is is up to you you don't have to take five minutes on the hole just to review a putt before you put the ball but I think you should look at the putt from all angles um, because it can look a different way from the other side of the ball that's what I usually do I'll look at it from one angle and that's where how I stand over the ball to get my initial read and then I'll walk to the other side of the hole and actually see um, 
you know, the contours of the green to see how it's going to break, whether it's going to be a straight putt, break left, break right. Um, you can't see that from just one side. You have to look at it. You have to have the whole picture. So you have to go to the other side. You have to look at it from an angle. Get your read. And then you'll be a lot more confident in making your putt. And I didn't see Bryson do a lot of the going to the other side of the ball. I saw him lining it up with his, you know, the plumb thing that people do, which I still don't get, um, with his putter. And um, then he'll get over the ball and putt it. And he got such a stiff motion. Like a one-piece thing. And it's not anywhere like Matt Kuchar's putting style. I don't know why they keep saying that. It's interlocked in his form, but his shoulders are so stiff when he's coming through the putt. And I just don't think that that's a good way to putt. He made some putts. I'm not saying he's going to miss all of his putts. But I think he needs a better method than the one that he currently has. If you look at Patrick Cantley, who I have to admit, in the past, you know, that stepping in place thing that he does before he putt used to annoy me and I would say come on dude just putt the ball just just go ahead and putt but that's his way of calming himself down and easing himself into the groove before he putt the ball so I have my own way of doing things and I guess that's his way of calming himself down before he putts the ball I would like to have seen that heart rate monitor on him I know they did it with Rory and, and Justin Thomas and a few other folks. I would like to have seen that on Patrick Cantley during the playoffs. I wonder what his heart rate was. But he made some significant putts. I think they said it was over 536 feet or something to that degree. And um, that's a lot of putting. Uh, I know we had over the years, we had Tiger. We had um, Justin Thomas making some putts. And this guy just totally outdid them all when it came down to making those long putts in the playoff yesterday and if you look at it it wasn't just the putting that hurt or killed DeChambeau's chance of winning that tournament the guy couldn't chip he couldn't chip if his life depended on it he made some putts from the rough that was like even the commentators were like 95% of the players in the PGA would have chipped the ball in those conditions. He was putting not just out of the collar. He was putting out of the rough. That tells me that this guy doesn't have any confidence at all in his chipping. I mean, I might chip the ball if I'm on the edge, if I'm in the first cut, or I'm in the front of the green, just, just off the green, and the, you know, the grass is going towards the hole. I may do the Texas wedge, but he was putting out of rough, like one inch rough. And that told me that there's a problem with this guy's chipping. And sure enough, I think when he got to, what, the second or third playoff hole, when he hit his ball short of the green and it was in the rough, he could not putt because the ball was sitting down in the rough. There was no way he could putt that out. So now you're forced in a pressure situation to make a good chip to win this tournament. And he pulled his his uh, wedge out and he tried to chip it on the green and kind of flubbed it and I was like I knew this guy had a problem with his chipping it was evident he was afraid to pull his club out his wedge out and make that chip 
in the, in the cases before that. So, I know he does a lot of time in the gym. And this is not me just bashing DeShambo. I'm just stating facts. Just stating facts in my opinion of, of what I saw. I mean, he goes to the gym and he bulks up. He said that. He stated that a couple years ago. I'm going to bulk up and hit the ball as far as I can. Well, that's fine. But you should have also included in that mix. And on top of that, I'm going to work on my short game. I'm going to make sure that I'm masterful around the green as well. Because if that was his goal, to be a long driver and also have a masterful short game, he would have closed that tournament out during a regular play. He wouldn't have had to been a playoff. He had so many opportunities that he could have closed it out. But he couldn't make those putts. Now Patrick Cantley, on the other hand, this guy went through hell. Literally. I mean, his best friend died, car accident. He broke his back. He was out of golf for five years. The guy went through a lot. And we all remember when he came back, he used to wear all black. That's all he wore. And he wouldn't speak. He wouldn't smile. He would just rumble along the, down the fairway and hit his ball and putt and then leave. And annoy people because he was playing too slow. And I guess he just had to heal. And now it seems like this guy mentally has healed and now his focus is on being the best golfer he can be he even smiled a few times yesterday which surprised everyone but winning would do that for you so Patrick Cantley came a long way and to see the battle in the cave between those two it was historic in so many ways and I know people don't like to talk about the bad and the good or Good against evil, power, strength against finesse. That playoff was all of those things yesterday. Now, who you decide to make the bad and who you decide to make the good is up to you. There's no arguing who was the most powerful one out of the two and who was the finesse player. That was obvious. You can see it in the reactions to everything that went on in that playoff. When Bryson missed a putt, he was so animated. I mean, he was cussing and gripping his club and yelling. He was doing everything he could do to show how angry he was he was missing those putts. And to me, I think that was his first mistake. Well, that was one of his mistakes. You're so emotionally involved over those putts that you miss that you can't focus on your next move. Now, if you look at Patrick Cantley, on the other hand, this guy hit his ball in some bad places and every single time not almost some of the time every single time he got up and down and saved his par or bogey or whatever he needed to save to stay alive to pull out that victory there was no doubt about that we all saw it when DeChambeau was in those same circumstances but there was one point where he hit the ball in the water well, he stuck his shot and saved a par. And I thought the roles were going to be reversed. But that was probably his only move, or one of his only moves, to stand alive. Because he shouldn't have to stay alive. 
he was actually the guy that had the advantage 95% of the time in that playoff. 95% of the time. He had four or five chances to close it out. His ball hit the lip. His ball lipped out. His ball just didn't even make it to the hole. I mean, it was everything that you could possibly think of with bad putts was, was occurring. And it wasn't occurring by chance. It was occurring because that was his putting. It was, it was all on him. Because Cantley came back and made those putts when he needed to. Until he was, you know, in the position where he had the advantage. And when he was in that position, what did he do? He made that putt uphill. Straight putt, might have been a little break from left to right, but he made it. So now the pressure is on who? The pressure is on Bryson DeChambeau, the guy that throughout the playoff, I'm not talking about the tournament playoff, I'm talking about those playoff situation. Every time he missed, he was getting emotional. So now you're, you know, you're sitting there over this putt to win, and you had all this emotion in your head. Because don't forget, guys, on hole number 14, he was so worried about what was going on in the, in the corner of his eye that he did something that I've never seen done watching a PGA event. He turned around and looked over to um, Patrick Cantley and said, Hey, Patrick, can you stop walking? Dude, that means that this guy is so in your head that you're not focusing on the shot that you need to make. You're focusing on what's going on behind you, around you, and you should only be focusing on making your shot. Getting that ball up there on the green to position to win this tournament. But you have time to back off and say something to your opponent. Have players backed off in the past before? Yes. Players have backed off their ball, whether they're distracted by a player or a fan. But you know what they do? They back off, they reset without any words said, and then they focus on their shot. The caddy may say, all right, everyone, quiet, please. Or tell the cameraman, could you move the camera, please? That's up to the caddy to do that, not the player. The player should only have one thing in mind, focusing on hitting that shot to win this tournament. And that showed me that Bryson didn't have that in his head. He had other things going on in his head. And that's why he lost the tournament, in my opinion. So, with all that said, this goes back to my original question. Is it all about the power? It was all about the stand focus, stand in your own self, and making your drive, your, your, your pro shot, and your putt. Play your game. Play your own game. And I didn't see that in Bryson. He was so worried about the fans. He's so worried about how they're going to react how, when, he hit the, when he hits the ball super far. I think he was so caught up in the fans' reaction than what he needed to take care of that he got to say something to show like, oh, I can't believe that. I'm fucking believable. I can't believe this didn't go in. You missed it. If you missed the putt, just finish it off and move on to the next the next hole. 
We don't need all the animation. No one's saying he can be colorful. That's fine. But with your history, with the media and the fans, you just want to just show everyone that you're just focusing on your game. We don't need all the extra. You can keep the extra. So, to me, with all that said, I think because of all those reasons, because those two different personalities, I think that that was probably one of the best, if not the best, playoff I've ever watched. And the reason why I say that, it's not because I'm a big fan of Bryson DeChambeau or even Patrick Cantley. It's because those guys were so opposite of one another that it made for good golf. It made for good watching. It made for good TV. It, it was good for the sport. I mean, Bryson didn't do anything, you know, to the point where he's a villain. I'm not saying that he was, but I'm saying as far as the tournament, he could have handled it better, and I think he would have won it. But because of his past, again, and his things and all the stuff that he went through and said to the media, to other players, all that stuff is in your head when you're in the crowd because we had the fans back. We had a lot of fans in the crowd. The fans are yelling things to try to get some kind of reaction out of him, and he's falling for it every time because they, he didn't, you know, because of the, the beef between him and Brooks Kepka. All that stuff is going on, and he's letting it get in his head. They say that after the tournament was over, he walked off, didn't talk to the media, and a fan yelled Brooksky. And he got pissed off and yelled at the fan. Walked off the course. You're in your own head, man. Get out of there. And we have the Ryder Cup coming up. They don't know who they're going to pair you with. Come on, man. Let it go. They're trying to figure out who can they pair you with. I mean, it's obvious that Bryson DeChambeau is a talented golfer. No one is saying that. I just think that he needs to focus on his game and... Leave all the drama behind. So all those demons, man, you gotta, gotta get through them. And only focus on your game. No one, no one says you don't have talent. No one's not saying you, you're not a good golfer. But all those antics, man, I think they're, they're hurting you. A couple of tournaments you could have won, I think you didn't win because of those reasons. But I would admit, you do bring excitement to the game. I would admit that. This being the first tournament that we had in this state of Maryland in such a long time, I'm proud of the way the fans and the players handled themselves in that golf tournament. I think it was well worth the, the price of admission. When you watch football and basketball playoffs, you like that, you know, intense pressure from one team to the other. And we had that we had that in a golf tournament, guys. So what is there not to love? I mean it was it was exciting to watch. All I'm saying is Bryson needs to calm down with his antics. And, and what I mean by antics is things like when he never called for and we got it on tape that he never called it, but he said he did. And calling out the caddy. I mean there's so many things that this guy went through over his last few years that I think caused a lot of unwanted attention on his behalf. The slow play situation that we had a few years back. Just all of those things uh, is overshadowing his talents. So now let's, let's focus on Patrick Cantley for a minute. 
or as they called him on the course this week, Patty Ice. Again, this guy went through a lot in his life as a golfer. And to come back, I think what took him over the edge, or what brought him over the edge, actually, what brought him over the edge is in the focus on his golf and being a little more personable to the fans and smiling a little more was when he won at the Memorial. When he won at Jack's place and Jack told him, show your emotions to the fans. Share your win with the fans. I think that was the door. I think that was the opening to his door. I think that was the crack that let a little light in for this guy and made him a more personable golfer. And is he a chatty patty? No, he's not chatty patty. He's not doing a lot of talking. But I think he is a better golfer for the fact that he is expressing himself a little more. And I think he's getting over that mental issue that he had as far as, I'm not saying he was depressed, but the sadness of losing a friend. I think he's, cause you can never get over it totally. But I think he learned, or he taught himself a way to, I think he's doing a better job in managing that. I think he's doing a better job in being able to handle that within himself and focus on his career. Like again, he was out of golf for five years. And to come back and to be in a position that he's in now and as one of the best players in the, in the PGA, you have to tip your hat to the guy. It was a good tournament. Looking forward to the finals next week, the finals playoffs next week in Atlanta. I think with all these different scenarios and stories and backstories, I think it's going to make for a great final tournament for the top 30 golfers of this year competing for the FedEx Cup. Keep your eye on the team that those two guys that played yesterday. Keep your eyes on those two guys along with um, seem like Spieth is playing a little better. I think that DJ has his putter back so I think he's going to be playing a lot better in the finals. Um, and another story that we didn't talk about as it relates to the BMW is that there was a player there that made the top 30 but didn't play golf at all in the playoffs. And that is Patrick Reed. Um, he was in the hospital for uh, double pneumonia. He, I believe he had COVID. Um, they didn't say that directly. They said he had double pneumonia, but I'm assuming that's what it was. Could be something else. So he was released from the hospital this week. And it's a 50-50 chance that he may make the tournament. We'll see how he recover over this next week. But he is the 30th player. Um, so the position is there and you know, for him to come in and play. Um, it will be tough because you know how they stagger off the playoff now. So he'll be starting off even par um, with the lead guy starting off as 10 under. So he's already 10 strokes back. Um, but he's always, you have four days, so there's always a possibility that he can pull out the victory. Um, I recall when it, this FedEx Cup thing first started, um, we used to play four events. So we have a lot of golf coming up this year. Um, we have the Solheim Cup, which I'm looking forward to now PGA. We have the Ryder Cup coming up. And, you know, we had the fall season where a lot of players start building up those points for the next FedEx Cup for next year, for 2022. So there's a lot of golf to watch, guys. And I'm going to try to do my best to put out a lot more podcasts. I know I've been slipping lately. I'm going to do my best to improve on that. Um, I've been playing a lot of golf, so... I know that's not an excuse, 
because if I play a lot of golf, I should have a lot of golf to talk about. So I'll try to create more podcasts. Um, I appreciate you all um, listening to me. And again, I want to thank you all for listening to Slides Golf Talk. And take care, everyone.